I love it. Man, thanks so much, North Central. It's awesome to be here. We love you guys. It's always a privilege to be here. But man, I want to jump right into the word. I'm going to say congratulations to all of you who are here. Man, it is a new school year. Shout out. We're praying for you. We're encouraging you. You can do this with the strength of the Lord, friends, and God's going to use you to make a difference in our world. And so thanks so much for just answering the call to come and be here and further your education and your academia and your career and your thinking and all the above. And so I just want to congratulate you for being a part of the North Central family. And so today I want to share with you simple on this thought about being a world changer. I want to share with you about being a world changer. How many of you want to change the world? Come on. All of you want to change it. Lift your hand if you want to help change the world. That's why you're here. If you came to college not to change the world, you better leave because you're wasting a lot of money. I'm telling you. Well, I want to talk to you on that thought today. And before I do that, I just want to give you a little backdrop of me, who I am, man. I grew up not in Minnesota. I call this place Minnesota um, because it's coming, believe it or not. And I'm already going downhill in my mind, but it's all good. The Lord's with me, right? And um, I grew up in Illinois, southern Illinois, kind of south of Chicago. If any Illinoisans here, come on, shout out to all of you. And uh, man, I grew up in an area called East St. Louis, Illinois. It was really rough. It was really crime stricken, poverty driven, uh, a lot of things. We could go literally outside and see the drug dealer, the prostitute and the crackhead in, within just a few blocks or steps of one another. And I grew up, I was, you know, one of nine children. Can you believe that? I always asked my dad when he was, before he went to be with Jesus, man, dad, why you have so many kids? I said, do you just love us? And he says, no, boy, I love your mama. Get away from me. Uh, some of you'll get that later. But um, yeah, so <clears throat> I grew up with nine kids. It's me and I have eight sisters. I'm the only boy. And that's exactly how I felt, friends. I'm telling you, it's, it, it's something. But I love my sisters dearly. I love my mom dearly. And, you know, I got involved early at a young age. Drugs, violence, crime. I was a drug runner. I got in one of the world's largest gangs. And my mom raised us in church. So we had the option to either be rolled into church, which was not good, or we could walk in. So I always chose to walk in because I didn't want to be rolled in. And, um, you know, I, I remember when I was about 14 years old, I heard the gospel message. And I'm going to share that with you today. But I heard the gospel and it basically it was it was this message about Jesus Christ who had come to earth as a man. But he was God yet. And he came because he came to die for my sins. He paid the price for my sins that I had committed against God. He paid the penalty of my sins and he wanted to free me from the power of sin. At that time, I was struggling with pornography addiction. I was already getting involved in promiscuous relationships with girls and I was already exposed to so much. And I recognized as I heard this gospel about how Jesus wanted to change my life and how Jesus had begun to change the world, how billions of people had already heard about him. And some of those billions had decided to follow him and their lives were changed. I began to say, man, I recognize that my sin was separating me, my decisions, my actions, the things that I wanted to do, the way that I wanted to live, not according to God's plan and how he created me and how he designed me, but the way I wanted to do it was separating me from him. Just like any of your relationships that you would have when you get into it with someone, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, friend, there's something that would drive a wedge in between your relationship. You know what I'm talking about as college students. And you got to work that thing out. And I see that same relationship through the gospel of how sin separated us from a holy, loving, perfect and just God. But he didn't want that. He wanted us to be create. He's created us. He wanted us to be in fellowship with him. And so I seen at 14 years old as a kid 
kid who had basketball as a dream. I wanted to go to the NBA. Some of my friends are still playing in the NBA today. And God had a different route for me to change the world. And so when I was 14, I said yes to Jesus. But I want to be honest, I didn't follow him fully until I was about a junior in college. And I had an encounter with a girl and we were dating and we were doing some things that we weren't supposed to do. Can I be real up in here? Okay, great. Uh, We were doing some things we weren't supposed to be doing. And she came to visit me in my college dorm room. And I had this suite because I was a basketball player and no roommates. It was awesome. And uh, we were doing our do, you know, and I remember she said to me, "Um, Will, I got something to tell you. And I said, oh, baby, please don't tell me what I think you're about to tell me. And she said, yes, I think I need to get saved. (laughs) What? I didn't have you come to my room to tell me you wanted to be safe. But at that moment, friends, I kid you not, I believe it. I see it. I still feel it. God's presence came into the room at that very moment because he was chasing me. Even though I had knew him before I walked away from him, he was chasing me because what I had in mind to be, what I had in mind to do and what he had in mind to do and be through me, it was much greater than what I had in mind. And so that day I got on my knees with her next side of me. Rachel was her name. And we prayed together and I led her to Jesus, not even following him at the moment because I knew that God was calling me. And so I led her to Jesus and then I came back to Jesus and God helped me to live pure throughout college as I served him. And I got a Christian girlfriend and she was holier art than thou. I couldn't even touch her hand without her slapping me. I mean, that's the kind of people that God put me around to live for him. But I didn't realize God had a greater call on my life to help change the world. So I lead an organization now called Awakening Ministries International, AMI, and I'm basically a guy that just loves to go everywhere I can that God will give me the access to. Just came back from Turkey, Morocco, and Egypt, and so many other places. And I love to be able to go share Jesus with people that don't have access to him. Because I recognize how Jesus has changed my life, and I recognize how Jesus overcomes sin and evil in the world. Friends, if I could be honest with you, this tide of evil is rising in our world. We see it through wars at Ukraine and Russia and so many other things. We've seen it through a pandemic years ago. We see so many things that are rising in the world that are just evil and they're right in front of us. And the reason why is because there is a real Satan in the world. There's a real devil in the world and his job is to overcome God's kingdom. His job is to oppose and fight against the gospel message going to the world. That's his job. Why? Because he knows that when somebody encounters the gospel, they can change the world. He knows it. And so he'll do everything in his mind to keep you away from Jesus, to keep you from following Jesus, to keep you from loving Jesus, to keep you from being in community with people that love Jesus. He'll do everything in the world. Why? Because he knows that once God gets you, you're going to be a world changer. He knows it. And so I want to talk to you for these next few moments about being a world changer. You see, when God called me into the ministry of the gospel, I had no clue. I was expected to be dead by the time I was 18. If I wasn't dead, I was expected to be incarcerated and have several baby mamas and baby children and all that bad stuff. But when I said yes to Jesus... I did not have a clue how he would use my life, friends, to be able to speak to millions of people the gospel message. I had no clue a little inner city boy raised on government income, subsidized housing, never been able to buy a house in my family, nothing. We had the minimal 
But God used the faith of my mother to bring me to church, to tell me that God could do exceedingly abundantly of whatever I thought or asked him. Friends, and I want to tell you, it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you're doing. God will get a hold of you and he will help you to change the world. I promise you that. And so I remember one time I was in the nation of Sierra Leone and um, we were doing one of our gospel ministry events. And there was this young girl and she was a young witch doctor in the community. You want to talk about the powers of Satan? It's real. Let me just be real with you today. She was a witch doctor. What that means is she was she was in contact with the devil doing chants and rituals and trying to use the power of Satan and his forces, demons in the world, to be able to manipulate God's kingdom and fool people to think that the devil had more power than God. And so she was a young girl. She had already been in charge of killing 24 people before the age of 20. And she came to our event one night and she heard the gospel and she had come to basically put a curse on me as the preacher. (laughs) And I was preaching Jesus Christ, the gospel. And this young girl said, there's something about that message and that man named Jesus that this guy is talking about. She said she began to sense something happen in her body and her body began to do some weird things that she never had felt before. And bottom line, it's just a biblical scripture of the demons that had possessed her had begun to manifest within her because they were hearing about the kingdom of God and the power of God, which Jesus has overcome evil in the world. And so she began to be free from these demons and she had what they would call a legion of demons. She had over a thousand demons in her. And once she got freed, completely free, she said yes to Jesus. She stood up and she said, I want to tell people about my story. And we said, no, 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 you can't do that. Because if you tell people in this massive crowd of people that you're going to find yourself getting killed or mobbed. And she said, no, in her native language, she said, I must preach about what Jesus has done for me tonight. She had never come to Jesus. She didn't know much about Jesus. She said, I have to tell. And so we said, okay. We had our security team around, and she began to tell people of the people she had killed. She began to tell them about the demons in that region of the world that she had control over. She was a young girl in her 20s. It was very powerful demonically. And that night, she testified of Jesus healing her and freeing her from the demons that had possessed her. And to this day, friends, she has become a follower of Jesus. She's reaching people in her community, telling people about Jesus, sharing the message of Jesus, and she's changing her community already. It's amazing. And I say that because I want to read this scripture to you in 1 John 3 and 8. 1 John 3 and 8. I want to read this to you. It says this. It talks about Jesus. It says, whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed, let me go up a little verse. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this is the purpose of the Son of God. This is why Jesus came to earth, it says, that he may destroy the works of the devil. This is the purpose as to why Jesus came to earth, the book of 1 John tells us, so that he may destroy the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? To put people of the world whom God has created in bondage to sin so that one day when Jesus returns and they have never received the message of Jesus and the forgiveness of their sins, they'll spend eternity separated from him in a place called hell with the devil and his angels. People don't even understand hell was never created for 
God's creation. It was only created for Satan and his angels. And so Jesus came, manifested in the earth. He came so that the devil's works may be destroyed. But I love the Bible because it gives us this montage of who Jesus is. In the book of Acts chapter 10, it tells us of the continued work of who Jesus is and what he did while he was on earth. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says this about Jesus. Him who God anointed, Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power, that who went about doing good and healing all who were what? Oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Friends, I want to tell you that when Jesus came, he came to fulfill the works of God, to destroy the power of sin, to destroy the penalty of sin, and to pay the price of sin that the enemy had caused in the world, the devil, that he's still wreaking havoc in bondaging people into sin, bringing them into captivity of sin. They're doing all these crazy things in the world, but Jesus came. He's still alive. The Spirit of God still wants to anoint people to destroy the works of the devil through your life. And I want to tell you that today. It doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, what you're doing, what you've done. When Jesus gets a hold of your life and he empowers you with his Spirit, you can change the world. You can change the world. As a matter of fact, I was in another nation and there was a man that we were ministering to. He was blind. He was blind. I'll never forget this today. It still brings tears to my eyes because I remember he, he asked for prayer. He came, gave his life to Jesus. He was brought there by a neighbor and she brought him and she looked at us. She said, he, he's blind. I said, he's blind. She said, yes. I said, how long has he been blind? She said, several years now. His sickness, he Messed with his eyes and I brought him up on stage and we began to pray for him. And I asked him, man, do you believe Jesus can heal you? And my interpreter said, so what did he say? I don't know. But he asked him if Jesus can heal him. He said, do you believe Jesus can heal you? The man said, yes. And so I laid my hands on the man's eyes. And I remember I prayed for him. And there were so many people that were around and they said, they were quiet. I prayed for him in the name of Jesus. I command your eyes to be open now. And I removed my hands. I said, what do you see? And the man didn't see anything. I'm like, okay, pray again for him. In the name of Jesus, I bind the sickness in your eyes. In the name of Jesus, I destroy the works of the devil and the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. And I'm getting loud and I'm praying and I'm favoring and I'm lifting my voice and I'm hollering out, Devil be gone in the name of Jesus. Eyes be healed. And I removed my, eye, my hands. The man still couldn't see. And at this point, I'm like, uh-oh. I literally said to God, if you don't heal him, they're going to stone me. And I'm sitting there, I'm standing there, friends, and Jesus spoke to me through the Holy Spirit. God still speaks. He said to me, he said, you've preached about how I can save them and I have saved people today. Now you've told them that I can heal them. Let me heal them. And I remember for the third time, because Jesus prayed even for a man three times that was blind in the Bible. And I said, well, maybe I'm going to spit and grab some mud like Jesus did. But I, I said, no, 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 no. Jesus is going to heal him. I heard him speak to me and I laid my hands on his eyes. And I felt the virtue and the power of the Holy Spirit flow through me. And I felt the compassion of this man that had, had been years without ever seeing. 
and I felt Jesus touch him. And when I moved my hand from his eyes, he began to blink his eyes and he started jumping up and down. And I said, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I said, what did you see? And I stepped back and I stepped him and nobody was speaking. And he said, five. And I stepped all the way back. I said, what do you see? And I hold up the number three. And he jumped up and down and he said, three. And I went all the way to the back, almost hundreds and hundreds of feet. I said, what do you see? He said, one. And he jumped up and said, Jesus has healed me today. Friends, I want to tell you that the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit can use your life to change the world. He can use you to change the world. Yes, you're coming to get a degree, and you need a degree. You need education. You need it, but you can't do education without Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because all of your works, all of your good deeds, it'll all be in vain. Because Jesus has to be the center of everything. Why? Because one day he is going to return to this earth and he will establish a new heavenly kingdom. And every son, every daughter who has said yes to him, they will be in heaven in that kingdom on earth. And if you say no to Jesus, you spend eternity away from him. Friends, this is real. God will use you to change the world. He'll use you to change the world. And I end with this scripture in John 3.16. It's a scripture many of you may be familiar with and some of you may not be familiar with. But it's a great scripture about the love of God. And really it encapsulates the gospel. It says this, for God. Some of you may be asking today, who is God? I'll tell you who he is. He's the creator of you and everything that you would ever even see. He's the creator of heaven and earth. God was never invented. He was never created. He's eternal, always existent. He has been there from the beginning. He will be there when it's all over. God is the creator. He's your maker. It says you're the only thing. The Bible tells us you're the only thing that God actually formed. Everything else he spoke. You're the only thing that he formed and created in his image and likeness. And so I want to help you to understand today for God, this God that created you, that created the heavens and the earth, for he so loved the world. Listen, friends, so many misnomers and ideologies about love today is not real and not true. You can't know love until you really know who God is. I just want to help you understand that today you may feel love, you may feel it, and don't make your feelings objective to who he is. God is the object. He's the objective one. He rules. He reigns. He governs the affairs of the world, friends. And I want to tell you today, it's this God that so loved the world. He demonstrated an unconditional love. What was that love? He loved you even when you were separated from him. He loved you even when you walk away from him. He loved you even when you want to live your life the way you live your life. He so loved the world. But you know what I love about love? Is love always has to be sacrificial. You can't love and just take. You actually have to love by showing what you give. And that's why the scripture said, for God so loved the world that he did something. He did an action. He so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ. 
What did Jesus do? He died on the cross from our sin. He came as the God man. What does that mean? He came fully being God. He wasn't born like you and I were born. He was born of a virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit, God himself. And what happened? Why? Because Jesus couldn't be born like you and me because we're sinful and sin can't cross off sin. So there had to be someone who was sinless to eradicate sin. That's why he was born of a virgin. And it says that Jesus Christ, in essence, he died on the cross for your sin and my sin. He took that payment and that penalty that we could never pay because we're sinful and God judges sin. He's a righteous God. He's a holy God. He's a loving God, but he's also a just God. And so that means he has to judge what's not like him. Just like when you were a kid, when your parents wanted you to do well, they had to punish what was not like the ways that they wanted you to go. And so this God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus, who was basically the substitute for you and me. What do I mean by that? He stood in your place, in my place, because we couldn't pay the penalty to God. We couldn't pay the price back to God for our sin debt. So Jesus died as a sinner. It says that he who knew no sin became sin, so that those of us who were sinful, separated from God, may can become right with God. That's the glorious work, what God gave through Jesus Christ, that through Three days later, he didn't stay dead. He overcame the world of sin, death, hell, and the grave. This is the power of the gospel, friends. It's the good news. Why is it good news? Because the world is separated from God. Because of our sins, we all go away, our own way, astray, doing our thing. But God sent Jesus, for he so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes... In what Jesus did on the cross, you can be saved from the penalty of sin. You can be saved from the price of sin that you never could pay. And you can be saved from the power of sin because God himself has done it through Jesus. He's changed the world through Jesus. And it says that whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life. I want to tell you that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, not just to give you eternal life. But also, as John 10, 10 said, to give you an abundant life here now on earth. He wants to use your life. Will you let him help you to change the world or will you try to change it on your own? Will you let Jesus help you to change the world or will you try to change it on your own? I want to challenge you today. Worship team, come join me really quickly here. I want to invite you today. One, if you don't know Jesus, friends, it's the best thing you could ever do is to say yes to Jesus. Let me encourage you. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to understand it. All you have to do is understand what he has done for you. If you recognize that you're separated from Jesus because of your own life, because you're living your own life in your own way, and it's called sin, you're separated from God. He's paid the price for that. You don't have to work to be right with God. You can never be right with him. The only way you can be is through Jesus. That's why he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Nobody can get to God but through him himself. And so if you don't know Jesus today, I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you. Give your life to him. Maybe you've walked away and you've went astray and you once knew him, but you don't know him anymore. You haven't followed him. 
If that's you today, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to call you to be so bold. And all I need you to do is give God an indication by just lifting your hand. If you say, Will, I need to come to Jesus. I've never given my life to him. Today, I'm making that step. I want you to raise your hand if he's drawing you because I believe he is. Or maybe you said, I've walked away and I'm not following him. But today I need to come back because I want him to use me to change his world. I can't do it on my own to change my world because it's not mine. He created it. I want him to use me. And if that's you, any one of those two, if that's you, when I count to three, would you just be so bold to lift your hand if you want me to include you in that part of my prayer? If that's you, one, two, three. Just lift your hand if that's you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you in the back. Thank you. Lift it high. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Lift your hand. Thank you. I, that, that's awesome. Thank you. I, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, I want us all to stand right now. Come on. Can we all stand? Can we all stand? I want us all to stand. If you lifted your hand, maybe you were afraid to lift your hand, but you're saying it in your heart. Let's pray this prayer. It's called a prayer of confession. And then I'm going to invite some of us to come. If you want to receive what God has for your life and yield what you had for it, I'm going to invite you to come in a moment. But let's pray this prayer together. If you've lifted your hand, it says, dear Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. And rising from the grave. I believe in you. And today, I turn away from my life of sin. And I turn toward following you. Come live inside of my heart. And help me to follow you. And make me more like you. So that I can change your world. In Jesus' name I pray. Listen, friend, before we close out here, I want to invite you. I want in the balcony, north, south, east, west, in the back, I want to invite you. If you would say, Will, I want God to use my life to change the world. When I count to three, get out of your seat and come to this altar. That's very simple. If you would say, Will, I want God to use my life to help change the world. When I count to three, get out of your seat and come to the altar. We're going to pray for you. And to you, staff, if you have some time today, I want to just pray with these brothers and sisters and friends. If that's you, one, two, three, get out of your seat and come make your way down here right now. If that's you, if that's you, you say, Will, I want God to use my life to change the world. If that's you, get out of your seat and make your way down here now. We're going to pray for you. If that's you, Will, I want God to use my life. Some of you, I understand you're struggling with God, but I know you want to change the world. And so even if you would say, man, I'm not really there with the God thing, but I want to help change the world. If that's you, I want you to get out of your seat and make your way down here. Come on, come on. I want you to do that. A couple more seconds I'm going to give you, and we're going to have a great time of seeking God. Worship doesn't mean just singing. That's one form of expression of our worship to God. But we're going to seek God right now. And I want you to open up your heart and open up your mouth in these next few moments and just invite God. God, I want you to change my heart. This week we've been talking about intimacy with God and growing in our intimacy with God. That's all a part of it. And so, Jesus, I pray for my friends right now. I pray for my brothers and sisters as we're here at this altar in this moment. We're saying we die to the things that we thought would be good unless you've placed them in our heart. Lord, birth in us your vision to change the world. Birth in us businesses. Birth in us a call to ministry. Birthing us a call to business. Birthing us a call to missions. Birthing us to be great at-home moms. Birthing us, Lord, to start things. Birthing us, Jesus, to be great athletes. Birthing us to be uh, uh, men and women that would be models in our communities. God, birthing us a vision to change your world. In Jesus' name. Come on, worship team, lead us.